Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Azure podcast with your hosts, Sam Foote and Alan Armstrong. If you're new here, we're a pair of Azure and Office 365 focused IT security professionals. Each episode, we talk about a specific topic in this space. This week, it's episode four of season two. We're going to have a chat around Microsoft Endpoint Manager and how it can help manage various devices easily. We will go into some of the features and how it can simplify the onboarding process and securing bring-your-own mobile devices. Hey, Alan, how's it going? Are you ready to have a deep dive into mobile uh, modern device management? Hey, Sam. Yeah, I'm uh, doing good. A little bit toasty at the moment in the UK. Um, yeah, yeah. And I'm definitely ready to talk about this topic around device management. Well, it wouldn't be you know, two people from the UK having a conversation if we didn't talk about the weather, right? So I completely agree with you. It is absolutely boiling here. And for best sound quality, I've got all my windows and doors shut, right? So um, yeah, hopefully it's worth <laughs> worth the pain that we're going through at the moment. <laughs> and I'm guessing uh, some of our um, uh, listeners probably feel absolutely no sympathy for us, right? Because um, yeah, we have a little mini heat wave and yeah, the whole uh, country <laughs> grinds to a standstill, right? So <laughs> Okay, so um, uh, modern device management uh, with Microsoft Endpoint Manager. That's what we're going to go through here today, Alan. Um, and um, Alan is the subject matter expert. Um, he has got all of the knowledge and experience <laughs> on uh, Endpoint Manager. Um, I've got a little bit of experience on it, but I'm gonna. Um, I've got a list of questions that I'm going to go through with Al and just going to um, have a chat about it. And I'm going to try and explore and get any of the nuances out and um, nuggets of information that Al could give us. Okay. So, Alan, can you give us a high-level primer on what uh, Microsoft Endpoint Manager is? Yeah, sure. So, Microsoft Endpoint Manager is a mobile device management, mobile application management product. Um, those products are used to manage various devices, you know, to secure them, add configurations, um, rebuild, and, you know, that kind of thing. So... That's the, when you the, say, the, the I gone. Sorry, when you say mobile, is it is it is it all endpoints or is it just specifically for you know non you know like uh, laptops, tablets, and phones? Is it is it just that, or is it, could it be other things as well? So probably initially it was just mobiles, but that sort of I guess the terminology is probably the acronym stayed there. But really, you're right, it is. Um, Windows devices, Mac OS, you know, MacBooks, um, potentially Linux in the future, um, kind of things, and you know, and the you know, the iOS and Androids. Okay, and do you think it started there because that was where the biggest problems were? Because I guess I assume traditionally endpoint management of desktops and laptops is, you know, it's been there for a long time, hasn't it? And you know, the 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 adoption of mobile devices, not you know, over the past 10, 15 years, that's where the real, you know, change has happened and the innovation has happened, right? Yeah, so traditionally you would manage Windows devices um, with, you know, Active Directory and Group Policy, um, which then kind of came into um, using System Center Configuration Manager, which has been rebranded to Microsoft Endpoint Configuration Manager. Um, which used to be a bit more around um, configuration and application deployment and things like that, where group policy was could do some of that, but it was a bit more, uh, I guess, difficult to do. It wasn't really designed to do it on a on a really large scale. It you know it was capable of doing it, but um, def you know, uh, configuration manager sort of took that place and made it sort of a console for managing that sort of parts but yeah so Intune uh, or Microsoft Endpoint Manager is kind of consisting of two two parts um, one of them is Configuration Manager so they kind of brought that in um, into the suite um, kind of like you know uh, Microsoft Entra where they brought in some of the other products into a product suite um, and they also brought in their Microsoft Intune so they used to be sort of deemed separate products they kind of are still separate products but come under that umbrella of Microsoft Endpoint Management. And 
Intune has gone through uh, a couple of, or at least one rebuild from its original state. And its um, original version, which was in, like, it was built in Silverlight, which I don't think you can even run now. <laughs> no, I, think I don't it's think probably so. probably an IE a... thing, which, yeah. you know, RIP IE. Um, but in that state, you know, it wasn't a very... It did the bare minimum for mobile devices. You know, it was uh, Microsoft's, you know, compete against, um, you know, the, the likes of Mobile Iron or um, Black, you know, BlackBerry, and those sort of products that already did it, you know, quite well. Um, but Microsoft, um, in effect, over the last sort of two or three years, or four years now, actually, just thinking about it, they, in effect, rebuilt it from the ground up and basically built it into the product it is today. So it's got a lot more features, and, you know, it is all tied into Windows 10, Windows 11 heavily, as well as, you know, able to manage those other devices. So what what we've essentially got if i'm hearing you right we've got the underpinnings of the on-prem technology that existed before or reimagined for cloud usage and you know in in cloud office 365 azure ad uh landscape and then what you're also saying is is that they've amalgamated all of those tools under this endpoint manager product banner if 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 that makes sense so endpoint microsoft endpoint manager is not a specific tool it's a group of tools which sit underneath it is is that that right yeah yeah that that is that's right and what they have done is um when you're doing windows 10 um, windows 11 uh, management with config manager um they're now brought in the 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 ability to in effect hybrid join uh, or cloud connect or tenant attach you know, the um, the on-premise configuration manager with endpoint with Intune, so it's called co-management, which means that you can on a device it can be managed by endpoint manager, not endpoint manager, but configuration manager and Intune at the same time. They can't run the same workloads at the same time. They've got to choose which one does what, but you can do that. So you can slowly, in effect, sort of migrate some of those workloads into the cloud. So some of those might be that you want Intune to manage the Windows updates and take it off Config Manager. It might be you want um, Configuration Manager to do the software deployment, maybe, or you want a, a bit of a combination there. So you can choose which workloads go where. But the idea or the vision for Microsoft at the, initially was that that route would you know lead to the cloud. So you hook it up, um, and then you start mo- moving workloads into in tune and then in effect you then remove the need for uh configuration manager for your windows endpoints um but configure configuration manager can still manage servers if you fought the licensing for it kind of things it's not really it's a slightly different licensing um skew and things like that but it can manage those and manage the windows updates that's why it's also still around kind of thing so so what you've just touched upon there is maybe a journey to the cloud, but also the ability to have a hybrid cloud scenario, right? Where you're saying that because we know that Active Directory on-prem isn't really going anywhere. Well, not at the moment, that's for sure, right? And we see that a lot now, don't we? Where that's always the complexity in our world is that there is still the on-prem that we've got to, yeah. you know... Um, it's not maybe there for us to suggest that we move away from that, but potentially there is um, um, different ways of doing it in the cloud environment, which might make more sense. So this is where this hybrid approach also comes in, where you can say you can move towards the cloud if you so, you know, if you want to, or you can just cherry pick what you do and don't, you know, you know where the roles and responsibilities are. You know, are we talking about? You know, and that could also be down to licensing as well, couldn't it? Right. You know, independent on how things are set up in your organization. So that's that's also really interesting. Right. You know, it's not a it's not a, you know, an all all or nothing um, decision for, for the. No, and, and it's really easy to do that connection. You know, the Microsoft have sort of promoted that it's like almost like a four click process. Right. To hook okay. it up. And that is more around the tent 
the tent attached. So that is more around seeing your devices um, up in, in in the Intune portal so that you can start seeing their inventory, things like that. And some of the capability like the um, the endpoint analytics, which gives you some stats around the devices, can also sort of tie in without you know impacting your, your day-to-day process at that point. Um, and you gain some of the benefits from the cloud, like remote restart, remote reboot, and um, you know, wipe device or lock screen, some of that sort of capability just just by doing those four clicks and onboarding the other devices. You know, it's, it may take a little while for devices to understand what they can communicate to, but you know, to set that initial connection, it's, it's relatively simple. Okay, great. So even if, even if you do have a strong foothold in on-prem, you can take advantage of some of those more cloud-centric features, right? If, if, you, yeah. if you wish. And the, the, the idea is, and maybe in the real world, you know, complexities can come in the nuance and detail, right? But um, the idea is that it's really simplistic to connect those workloads together and, to, and for them to talk to each other. Or talk yeah, with yeah, without commingle. causing a complete change in how you do something within the environment, yeah, which is exactly. obviously the yeah. the concern about hooking things up like that. So, so you mentioned configuration manager. Did you say that configuration manager is on prem as well, as well as in? Uh, no, so, so configuration is equi- is the is the on premise sort of management tool for Windows. Okay, um, and then the Intune is is the cloud equivalent sort of thing got so it. that's okay, why that they've makes... kind of yeah. yeah that's why they've kind of come into that endpoint management you've got the the on-prem version versus the the intune version that you know they have differences in in what they can do in in some sense but yeah they are you know the um comparison of features is you know coming the same so if i if i'm on-prem i'm managing my endpoints on-prem at the moment um it's not feature parity one to one, and I assume the interface is different. But if I'm looking at it, my conf- my uh, configuration manager is now in tune on in the cloud. Yeah, that's the that's the relationship between the two of those. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like you say, it's different, and it's you know, people who have used config manager will know the have the love hate relationship with it. Um, oh yeah, T- tell us more be... about that, Alan. Because <laughs> <laughs> we could be here for hours on that. Um, okay, okay. No, it's it's really good. Sometimes it needs a bit of a kick, um, and things like that. We've you know we've had customers. I've had to manage it or help manage it myself in a um, sort of three and a half thousand user space kind of thing. And it is it's really good at what it does because it can do things like you know device deployments, um, or, or at least the device builds at least. Um, as well as, um, you know, software deployment, uh, Windows updates, um, and various, uh, you know, inventory of your you know, devices and stuff like that. So it is really good, um, but it's probably, um, you know, it, it's come from, you know, originally from, you know, uh, system, I can't remember what SMS uh, represents, but it used to be called SMS. And then it became SCCM. So it's you know it's a it's a long it's been you know it's been there you know the technology's been there for years and it's just been updated you know it's been improved as a time but you know we're moving to you know the modern management way and it, it all like, connects differently. So, so do you think um, configuration manager and its predecessors have been an evolutionary process? Now Intune's in it's more of a reset and best practice not best practice, but a reset from that and a new vision of how that should be now handled. But maybe is Intune limiting in the functionality that's got? Can it not do everything that the business uh, needs? I think there's a lot that Intune can do and you know, Microsoft are always improving it every month, every week. Um, but I think it's a, it's a different... Um, it does things in a different way, so it's all it's all, it's a more of a re-architecting how you would manage devices. Some of it, you know, some of it's very similar, um, but the key benefit really with Intune is that you know the device doesn't have to be on the network to to gain updates or gain configuration. You know, it is wherever it is, as long as it's got an internet connection and it's configured to talk to to Intune. 
you know, it will get a configuration sort of thing. So that's the the key benefit, especially with, uh, you know, the recent pandemic and everyone worked from home. You know, a lot of organizations may not have been ready for that. You know, devices always came into the office every day, got its updates, communicated with AD, things like that. You know, maybe they only had desktops in most organizations. You know, it's not necessarily that they had mobile devices, you know, laptops in, in that in that state but you know when people went home you know then they couldn't talk you know the devices couldn't then talk back to on-premise without vpns and things like that and organization might have that set up you know because they weren't expecting to do it you know work in that way and they might not have had the vpn capacity right you know because if vpn was an exception to the norm before that point it might be like yeah we'll provision this it'll be absolutely fine we won't need anything more than this because it's only when you know, people work abroad or yeah, do you see what I mean? That's a really simplistic uh, scenario, but okay. Yeah. That, that, that makes a lot of sense. And um, so it, it's, it's, uh, I'd say it's more geared high level. It's more geared toward that more modern workplace scenario of like, you know, um, remote work, hybrid work and, and all of those things. Okay. Yeah. And that probably, so um you know, it helps with um, device builds and, and things like that compared to configuration manager and things like that. So, okay. So um, what sort of devices um, can actually be managed by endpoint manager? You know, give me the list. Um, you know, um, I'm a, I'm a business with loads of different devices. I've got a team that wants Mac. I've got windows everywhere else. And, you know, some Linux uh, dudes in between, like what, what's the capabilities? What, what can we and can't we manage? So it can it can manage Windows 10 and Windows 11. Um, it can't manage Windows 8.1 you know, 8 and below. I mean, you know, some of them are at support now anyway. Um, it can do macOS, and it does have certain um, versions that it does, and they you know they keep up with the in effect what the OS uh, manufacturers um, are supporting. So that moves it as as that goes up, um, and it does Android Android Enterprise. So that is, you know, it is most modern devices now that have that built in. Um, we, we need to probably talk about that sort of scenario because I use that. Um, it's been and a few does... versions of Android since Android Enterprise came in, right? For pretty much everything, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, most of it will be covered now, but it will be what Intune supports as an OS that, that, you know, okay. that, um, yeah. that you know, Google are supporting kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, yes, and, you know, iOS, iOS or iPad OS. Um, as a platform, there is talk about Linux being included as well. Um, okay. I've not seen wow. any of that yet, but I know it's it's probably on the roadmap to bring out because you know everyone's starting to, or Linux has always been um, the OS that no one ever talks about really, um, apart from maybe developers um, use it quite a bit. Um, or well, certainly yeah, in the desktop space, right? Yeah, like we've had server like you know Linux servers are like absolutely huge but linux on the desktop and on laptops and and all sorts has never really been a thing right you know so um but we do see that more and more now anyway right you know people deciding to use those alternative platforms so um it would make sense to support them yeah and i think it will probably be in a, in a lightweight sort of way of doing it because of um you know it how it integrates with some of the other products sort of thing so to help with conditional access things like that so Okay, cool. Um, so I think you briefly mentioned it, um, and I just I, I jotted down a note to ask you. Um, you you briefly mentioned that it helps you to streamline new device setup, right? Um, and so can you just take me through how Endpoint Manager helps with that? M maybe also comparing that to a more traditional approach as well. Okay, so if we talk about if we talk about mobile devices, because this isn't just Windows at this point. Um, there, are, there are features or, you know, there are uh, things that maybe are good, at, not necessarily good and bad, but um, more controls on other platforms. So, you know, Windows is fully managed because Microsoft, you know, manufacture it. Um, but for, for Android Enterprise, you know, you can do a um, zero touch approach to it. So a device can turn up to a, you know, to a user's desk. Um, depending on the manufacturer and depending on if they're able to use the gear, the Google Zero Touch, um, it will just turn up and say, right, 
please enter your credentials for, we'll say, you know, ITC secure. Um, and you type your credentials in and then it's managed straight away out the box, software's deployed, email set, you know, set up, things like that. And that's it, ready, done. Um, for Android Enterprise, that could be that if it's not zero touch completely, that the user has to like, I think it's tap 10 times on the screen at the welcome, and then they can do the same thing. Um, right, okay. For iOS and iPadOS and possibly now macOS, um, you can use the Apple Business Manager. So if you get devices um, bought from suppliers that are available to business, you know, business organizations like, you know, Vodafone or um, Mac, you know, uh, Apple themselves, um, those devices can be automatically put into Apple Business Manager and then their, their, their serial number, their, their profile in effect um, can be then sent down to Intune. Um, and then when those devices turn on and get a connection, they do their activation, and then it goes right. This is a. Um, this is owned by Company A. Please enter your credentials. This could be managed, and that's it. Starts managing it fully provisioned. You can you know you can lock down whatever you want, and that's that. So you know, it gives that scenario of, you know, brand new iPhone. Nobody, no, not even IT's touched it. You know, it's still in its wrapper, cellophane. However, they come. I've never had one, so can't really talk about it. Uh, and yeah, they can you know pick it up, put their case on it, and start using it. You know, and they get that feeling of brand new phone. You know, there's no grubby IT fingers on it. You know, um, been there. Uh, you said that on me. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, and then they get a device, and then you know they use it day to day. And the benefit for those devices, I know we're only talking about mobile at the moment, but if that for Apple at least. You know, if that device gets stolen, lost, you know, we can remote wipe it. Someone picks it up and they're like, hey, I've got a new phone. They can't, they go in and goes, hey, this is a company A's phone. Please enter your details. That's it. Can't do anything. They can't get past it. They have to type it in. It is managed from that point. They can try and wipe it. They can try and firmware update it or, you know, factory reset it from a Mac. Comes back saying, Thanks. You know, this is company A. There's no way around it. Amazing. So that complete, so even for mobile, that's complete end to end. And obviously, especially on the Android side, it's got to have, you know, compatibility at the manufacturer and operating system level. And, you know, everybody needs to make sure that happens. Um, but essentially we can get end to end management of mobile devices. And I assume traditionally that has been completely impossible. Like not even is are there third so, party pieces of software that could help you with that before? So for mobile devices, based on sort of the the you know the the mobile device management MDM side of things, a lot of that was kind of already there. You know, it was it's advanced in general across you know the the actual products or the operating systems because it's all based on what APIs and what functionality they give the MDM providers. So, you know, Mobile Iron could, was able to do some of this as well. Um, so really, you know, there's, there's probably not too much that Intune is not too different, really, around those sort of, um, that sort of build and that process for mobile devices, because it's been kind of, it's been there anyway, and it's based on the OS. So everyone has the same access kind of thing to those APIs. There's no, not unless there's like deals for secret ones and things like that, but I don't know about that. Um, yeah, that's kind of been, you know, similar for any MDM. Um, Mac OS is kind of the same thing. I th think, I think we've done some of that, haven't we? That you can kind of, you can, yeah. When they're enrolled or bought from the, from Apple and or enrolled into Apple business manager, you can do it out of the box. There is a few niggly bits, isn't there, Sam, around some of it, but generally it's like there. Yeah, so um, when you were, and I'm not the subject matter expert here, I'm supposed to be the non-technical stakeholder, but I'll just jump <laughs> in for a second. Um, yeah, when you're talking about Mac, especially the Mac laptops and desktop machines, they have to, they're, they're called what they're called they're called supervised uh, by Apple, and the only way to control to fully manage them, 
you you can manage them without, but it's not an out of the box experience, right? You have to go and add company portal and everything to it, and you you can do it, but you've you've got to manually enroll it, which isn't really a problem because if as IT you're provisioning those laptops manually anyway, you know, um, it's 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 not really a problem. But if you order direct from Apple or an Apple reseller, um, and so like there's big companies that are our Apple resellers and independent resellers. Um, they and if you if you purchase it through your Apple business account, which is separate from the Apple retail store, um, they can be supervised. They go straight into your Apple Business Manager, and then you can connect. I don't know if uh, no, you federate your IDs back, um, but you can connect. You, you can do an MDM connection to Intune. So what happens is, is as soon as they're shipped, so like if you order a custom configuration a Mac custom configured. So let's say it's coming from China. As soon as it leaves, it you'll see it in your Apple. You'll get your email from Apple business to say, hey, we've taken a load of money from your account because it shipped. <laughs> At that time, or very soon after that, you'll get it in Apple Business Manager. And then it'll automatically, it's it's then ready to claim inside of Intune um, at that point in time. And exactly like you've explained, the user opens the laptop, they they go through, I think, two screens. I think they do the accessibility and they pick their language. They click the accessibility. And then the next screen is Wi-Fi. As soon as they connect to Wi-Fi, it calls phones home and goes, hey, company A's laptop, you know, give us your username and password, your email and password. And then like you say, you get full remote wipe and things like that. If you've purchased, so Apple recently, sorry, this is a massive tangent, but if anybody's having to, the pain of managing Mac, right? Like, sorry to all the Mac fans out there. Um, you can enroll. You can you can manually add to um, to Intune and enroll via Company Portal. It's not fully supervised, but you can do a lot of things. Like you can do configuration profiles and things like that. You can't get full remote wipe and things like that, but you can do a lot. Um, and recently, Apple allowed you to add those devices to Apple Business Manager, which was very exciting for me because I was like, sweet, we can now supervise all of these devices um, that we couldn't supervise before, but they still don't become supervised. They are just added in Apple Business Manager so that you can pass them back down to um, you know, another MDM. And that's because Apple have got their own business product now. Apple Business. Ugh, I can't remember the name of it. I'm going to get shot. But yeah, um, there's a new um, Apple service, which is like, really really slim down mobile device ma- like device management it's not you know it's not um feature complete or anything like that so um but i think it it was in response to loads of companies asking their employees to basically go down to your best buys your curries x y and z to pick up laptops during you know we're not going in during the pandemic but ordering them during the pandemic just to get machines out to people uh, basically and things like that um sorry massive t- tangent but yeah there you go there's there's mac but um we could do a whole episode we could do five yeah. episodes on <laughs> mac um <laughs> endpoint management uh yeah because we've we've crossed that burning bridge many a time so yeah <laughs> sorry yes <laughs> sorry so okay so let's go on to windows so windows allows you to use um what's uh, a service called windows autopilot and this, in effect, is very similar to that, that a manufacturer can inject the serial number and or hardware hash of that device into your endpoint manager. And then you can assign it a profile and that profile to and how sort of it gets enrolled. Um, so in that scenario, you know, a person opens up to their laptop, similar to all the other products, you open it up, you turn it on, you do your, your language things, you do your... Um, your Wi-Fi or your network connection, and then you, it goes, right, okay, this is company A, put in your username and password or passwordless authentication. Um, with with this, you can actually assign the device to a user. So it will say, hey, Sam, this is your device. Please enter your password or please do your, your passwordless sign-in. Um, once it goes through that, it will then either Azure AD join it or it could... Um, Azure Hybrid join it, so join it to Active Directory and Azure AD. Again, that's another topic we could cover about all those <laughs> different types. Um, but once it's then joined, it enrolls into into Endpoint Manager Intune, and then all the configuration starts going down. You know, 
Wi-Fi settings, VPNs, you know, security configuration and applications. And then it will sit at that screen, build itself, and then go to the desktop and then it's ready for the user. Um, you can have, there is a feature called uh, pre-configuration. It used to be called White Glove and Microsoft still do um, mention it as White Glove, even though they have rebranded it. Um, but basically, in effect, you can boot up the machine whilst it's starting up and you can press um, some commands and the, the factory can do this. And basically, it can enroll into Intune and, and bring down the main configuration so it can almost pre-build it before it goes to the goes out to the customer or to the user. Wow, so I don't have to do that like Windows, in uh, the Office install uh, user side. I can do that before it's even left the factory. Yes, yeah. Or from the IT department if, if you, you know, you're rebuilding devices, things like that. Yeah. So, okay. so yeah. So you know, this is very handy because you can just send out a device that's at, you know to a user that's at home. You know, they're onboarding. You know, they you know maybe they live. You know, they're a remote worker that you know aren't in that office that often. Their first day, you send them the laptop. They, they boot. You know, open it up, turn it on, and you know, device enrolled, managed to you know to the configuration we need, and yet yeah, they're off. Off they go. Amazing. Sounds really like seamless, you know, when all of those things are in place, right? Um, and and yeah, that remote flexibility and that remote first approach is really where you get that flexibility, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So um so how does it help me um secure my devices? Like um, you say that it automatically provisions itself and does all this thing and, you know, it's it's remote and it's done by different people. How do we ma- maintain security and control of, of what's going on here? What what sort of principles and practices are they using to make sure things are secure? So so as I was saying, you know, you can deploy configuration and that is, you know, potentially security configuration, you know, locking down when the screen goes off, you know, when the lock screen is needed. And that's you know across multiple devices. That's not just talking about Windows. It could be you know what encryption is enabled on it. And again, that's the uh, device agnostic. Um, but what they do as part of that, so you can build a configuration, deploy it. You can see in the portal whether it's been successfully deployed, where it's errored, things like that. So you've got sort of troubleshooting. But also it ha- has um, compliance policies against the different operating systems because you know there may be various different things that like you know is it, is it jailbroken is it rooted you know for apple and you know ios and app and android devices that sort of stuff um so you can do like a compliance check against it you know is it device encrypted does it have you know uh an, an antivirus on it and that sort of stuff so you can baseline it and give it a compliance score so that's the kind of things it can kind of ensure you know at least you can ensure that that is a, you know, a standard within your organization. They have, um, I have to double check because I haven't looked at it recently, but I think they brought in some things where you can do some extra checks, like uh, sort of manual checks, like, you know, is it Windows Home? You know, maybe some operating system ones that are maybe unique to yourselves that you want to check to make something non-compliant. It might be like if a piece of software is on there. Okay, cool. That sounds that sounds really good. And I um, I love the discovery aspect of that and the documentation aspect, right? Where I can see, I assume in one place, I can see all of that configuration, whether it's been applied and whether my, the compliance policies that I've put in place, I've got, you know, feedback and, um, you know, I, I've got trust in that, you know, it's being checked and it's it's being managed for me, right? Yeah, and a, and a key part of it actually is kind of... Um... Is that it's got a lot of um, Microsoft Defender for Endpoint configuration for Windows, and uh, I think it's got some of the configuration for the iOS and Android versions as well. But mainly okay. Windows around the, you know, the configuration. In fact, it's Mac OS as well. You know what the AV is configured. You know, deploy. You know, um, onboarding into Defender for Endpoint, attack source reduction, that sort of stuff. So you know, it's it's able to manage that part. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Amazing. Um, how does Endpoint Manager? And all the various parts of that um, integrate with other Microsoft products that there are as well. So one part is, like I said, uh, Defender for Endpoint. So it's able to 
determine or push the configuration automatically from Defender for Endpoint. Um, I say push configuration, push the onboarding scripts into Defender for Endpoint, so you don't have to go and grab them and, and, and download them. It will just do that connection for you. Um, it also brings in the threat level of devices. So you've already deployed, you know, devices already got Endpoint Manager on it. It's got Defender for Endpoint onboarded. And you look at the compliance policies and you say a device threat level has to be, you know, um, no higher than medium. So when Defender for Endpoint detects a, you know, medium threat or is classed devices being at a medium, you know, threat level, then that information is passed into uh, Endpoint Manager and then it changes the compliance to non-compliant. Um, what that does do then is the compliance side you can specify in Azure AD conditional access where you know your gate to your Office 365, your SaaS applications that are integrated, your Azure. Um, you can say if a device is non-compliant from Endpoint Manager, then block access, force MFA, you know, whatever it might be, you can put more controls on based on its compliance level. So it might be that, I suppose the example there might be that if you've got a HR system with all that sensitive information, you may say that you can't you can't access that from a non-compliant device because it has to be you know you know not compromised or you know at a risk threat level. And that would be conditional access, yeah. That that's yeah. then feeding into. Okay. Yeah, so that will be so, one of the conditions in there to specify that. Okay, so so what you're sort of saying to me is is that once we've got that device, I'll call it inventory information, right? Like yeah. you know that compliance uh, score baseline. X, Y, and Z into um, Endpoint Manager. Once we've got it there, it can then also infer decisions and um, yeah, potential, like you use the example of blocking or requesting extra MFA. It can also be used as a base point for other apps and everything. And that's where conditional access comes in to build those rules, you know, when it sees those certain um, different things going on. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's just helping with your the con yeah the controlling access to your data and to applications. So it's just one of those um, the data feeds that you can use within conditional access to make a decision about access. Okay, great. Um, let's talk about licensing because you know I'm the potential buyer of this. How much is it going to cost me? So not too sure about the actual pricing. It's not too bad on a on an individual perspective. So a it is licensed by user or device, mostly managed by mostly licensed by users, because you are able to um, it licenses you for up to I think it's five five devices. It might be fifteen devices that you can manage with it per person. Yep, I think it's five. Um, I have to double check that, but, um, but yes, so it's five devices. Um, I would love to see somebody that's got more than five devices. Well, I, I, I've, <laughs> I've been in places and it's, yeah, there, there has been, um, and it's probably not intentional at all, but it's just, it's just, I, I know, think it's yeah. better, better, it's less hassle than trying to get the other ones off them sort of thing. So, <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, so it could do five devices and. It can, that license is, you can buy it standalone or you can buy it with the many Microsoft bundles out there. So if we look at the, the enterprise SKU, so we'll, we'll keep it, well, I say keep it simple. Licensing is never simple. Um, there yeah. is some great <laughs> diagrams out there that show you it, but let's, you know, we'll talk about the E, Microsoft 365 or Microsoft E, you know, number licensing. So um, it can be part of the, Microsoft or the um, uh, EMS license, EMS E3. So it's an E3 SKU. It's not what the, you know, the E5s. So if you've got M365 E3 or EMS E3, then you're covered with it. So it's not, you know, it's most people or most companies now are probably starting to get to that level and maybe looking to push up to the, the next tiers or E5 security, things like that. So because um, that sort of level has been out for quite some time now and some of the features have come down into that that skew. Um, 
The other way of managing or licensing is to buy device, but really that is around kiosk devices, things like that. I mean, we haven't really talked about it, but you can, you know, provision a kiosk device with a single app, you know, with a, you know, with an iPhone or, you know, a, an iOS, Android or Windows device, you can build it, you know, into a kiosk and manage it. So, but you have to license it by device at that point because there's no user attached to it kind of thing. Okay, and so and and I think you you mentioned it. Even if I'm not on, let's say E3, I could uplift whatever I'm on because you can buy it independently per user anyway, or in some sort of like smaller bundle. Is that is that right? Yeah, yeah. There's there's very smaller bundles, but yeah, you can buy it individually. So if you are a, you know, if you if you are a small you know small business, and yeah, you know, you'll you maybe you're not even using. Microsoft 365, we were using it in a very light way, maybe just for email kind of thing. Um, yeah, you can bring in that individual license to help you with device management. Okay. Um, and last and final question from me that, that I had is um, in the world of mobile devices, um, some organizations, and I, I don't know, I, I can't really make a stereotypical assumption really, but I'm going to make it anyway that more um, less people are being issued with like company phones because of say teams and calling plans and the way that we communicate uh, nowadays. Um, so in that scenario where people, let's say people have got their own personal devices and they want to have their email on their personal device or have teams on their personal device and they want to bring their own devices into the organization. Um, how can it help us to, to, to manage those devices? Cause they are, usually quite a scary part of <laughs> endpoint management. I'll call it that. <laughs> so, you know, probably most organizations um, don't, you know, are, are, are looking to secure their, their information on, on, all the, on all their devices. So, and when it comes to personal devices, there's probably a general stance of blocking access. So, Using conditional access, I know we're not really talking about it, but you know the scenario is that you know if it's a unmanaged device, then you're not having access. You have to use one of our corporate devices because we know what the the threat level is. We know how it's been configured. We know that there's you know an AV on it, things like that. So what um, Intune can do is there's um, it's part of the mobile application management sort of terminology. Um, but really, it, uh, Microsoft call it app protection policies. And what this does is the Microsoft applications and some in other um, third-party sort of partnered services like um, Adobe Acrobat and a few others like Box um, have enlightened applications where endpoint manager is able to manage the application, not the whole device, because there's that whole, it's a personal device. If I fully manage it, I can wipe it. And that's, you know, from a business side, there's risk of losing somebody's, you know, photos they've never backed up or, you know, ruining their device. And maybe, you know, maybe there's a a claim in there for losing that data, you know, whatever there might be. There's some maybe legal things there that, you know, we don't really want to look at. And that's why it gets like um, not thought about. So with, uh, with app protection policies, you're able to manage the application itself. So this is the Microsoft application. So Outlook, Edge, you know, the Microsoft Office apps. And in effect, you, you containerize them. So you encrypt them on the device itself. So you have to type in a pin. You can set configuration like you can set, you know, put a pin in, um, put a password on it. Um, so which then means you can secure that data so you can allow those mobile devices. So you can have teams on it and you can, you know, allow copy and paste between those applications so that you're not disrupting too much. But if you try and copy and paste to a personal app, it's gone. It doesn't work. So you can, you know, you can really secure that data. Um, one feature for, so that is, you know, app, uh, app protection policies are for iOS and Android. There is some stuff for Windows, but it's, I think it would overcomplicate it at the moment. There is some more stuff coming, I think, but the, the current Windows information protection can probably complicate the environment because of the way that Windows is. Um, so it's probably worth looking at 
um, session control, things like that, which is another topic we can talk about. But one feature of Android is that you can have a work profile on a personal device. So you enroll it onto, you know, you enroll it into Intune. And what it does is it, it creates a, a container, so in effect, splits the phone in half and allows you to have an environment which is just for work. And what it does is it downloads uh, the it downloads applications configuration into that environment. So on a device, you ha- might have Outlook for personal use, but you'll have another out version of Outlook that is your work one. And you can see them side by side because they've got like a little, depending on the operating system, they normally have like a little briefcase or a lock on them. Um, but it depends on the, you know, the OS um, and what um, skin they've got on. But yeah, so you can separate it there. So you can do, you know, it's all completely separated. And I use that so I can use, you know, I can use it for work in that. But one great thing about that that I like is that you can turn turn the profile off. So when you're on holiday, turn it off and then it all just goes to sleep. So you don't have to uh, worry about seeing that team's message that you shouldn't be you know picking up on or that email kind of thing so it's really good for so that a- sort of. yeah so android's not just got say the sandboxing of those apps you know which has been around say in ios for a lot they're, they're all containerized in sandbox right and that's what that those app protection policies are utilizing you know yeah. and android's got exactly the same thing but android's also taking that a step further to understand that somebody might be using their personal device in a dual capacity. So let's completely allow them to split that in half. And like you say, to, you know, make one side, your, your work side silent for, you know, your holiday and your vacation. That's a really powerful thing for users, isn't it? You know, it allows them to, you know, fully detach and turn off, um, you know, and also day to day, they can use one device instead of having to, walk around with a corporate device with them as well and forget to charge that because they only get a call once every two months on it. Do you, you know, you yeah, see what I mean? Yeah, like that's, that's the, exactly where I was about yeah. three months ago. I had an iPhone that <laughs> I never really used because I never really received any calls. So, exactly, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there, there's that. And the, the work profile side of it, you can deploy any application into that sandbox where with the app protection policies, it's only the enlightened ones. So, Okay, so let's do a little bit of reflection then. Um, and let me just preach back to you what you've explained to me right and how i see it um so what we're talking about is we're sort of uh, talking about modern device management where it is say remote first management um and sort of with the conceptual idea that you know businesses are need more flexibility than their traditional castle you know uh structures and perimeters for security um and their environments um, so we're talking directly to end devices uh, via the internet and remotely managing and configuring them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and with that, and with the advancements in these technologies and these software products, we have the ability to massively simplify the onboarding. So we get this out of the box onboarding experience in uh, iOS, iPadOS, Android, um, you know, Android Enterprise, Android, blah, blah, blah. Um, Windows 10 and 11 with Windows uh, Autopilot and also on Mac as well with Apple Business Manager and um, the provisioning, a supervised provisioning through there. Yeah. Um, We've also got a singular location to manage all of these devices. We don't have two or three products working independently and coexisting. It's all in one cohesive uh, place, which we... Well, some of us like and some of us don't, you know, that's, you know, you can take that both ways, I suppose. Um, you can manage those devices wherever they are because they're just, um, you know, the, the management is done over the Internet. So it doesn't matter whether they're at your headquarters in your office or whether they're halfway around the world. You can as long as they're um, connected to the Internet, which the vast majority of devices always are nowadays um, connected to the Internet, you can can configure them and also you know um we're, we've got these configuration profiles now which can help us with simplifying the securing of these devices so we've got the configurations of the machines and then we've also got these other cloud products like defender for endpoint and other things filtering in um to simplify the security of those devices 
yeah, one thing I probably missed on the simplifying the, the screen devices is that there are um, security baselines for the Windows devices and um, Edge. So where Microsoft have done like a recommended build or configuration to secure them, um, you can use that and you can tweak it to what your organization needs because you know it is relatively locked down. There may be things that you still need access to because you've got old software, things like that. So, so it's a really if you're good not starting point. Yeah. So if you're if you're not one hundred percent sure about all of the configuration options, which you could probably argue that nobody <laughs> is, you know, unless you do, unless unless endpoint management is all you do every day, um, you've also got that guidance um, from Microsoft with those baselines if you want it, you know, um, and you don't have to have it. You can, you know build to your heart's content can't you but yes. you can start off with like a quote same default you know uh, from microsoft because they probably know a thing or two about um endpoint management cool uh thanks ever so much for that um that that overview of uh, endpoint manager there's obviously a lot of different <laughs> subjects and things that we could talk about there like as we spoke about there's many different episodes we can we can create from there so um so yeah thanks for that really high level and we tried not to get down in the weeds of it, even I though I spent like five minutes talking about Mac manage. But anyway, it doesn't matter, does it? Um, okay, so um, yeah, so um, up, coming up soon, um, our next episode is going to be around um, compliance, uh, regulatory compliance and policy management inside of Azure. Unfortunately, we do have to care about control the data controls and um and securing those environments uh, we have people in our organizations whose sole job is to make sure that we are under regulatory compliance so it's something that we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis there are many ways of approaching that um, and we're going to take you through um, our experiences and our journey of um, compliance and policy in in azure um, so yeah, if you've enjoyed the episode, um, please do sus uh, consider subscribing. Um, if you'd like to listen to more of this sort of content in the future, uh, we have loads of topics in the future that we want to cover and your listens and your support is what will continue to fuel the podcast going forward. We also have the ability for you to give some feedback to us. You know, did you enjoy this episode? Um, you know, do you disagree with anything that we've said? Um, is there anything I've missed? I mean, there's there's tons there that I've not talked about, so there's probably something I've missed <laughs> that probably key to this. But you know, um, but yeah, there's a there's a link to the form in the show notes um, where you can send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, exactly, and it's your feedback that really drives our topics and our discussions going forward. So um, yeah, fifty two minutes, Alan. Not too bad on this one. So yeah, thanks very much for your time, Alan, and thanks everybody for listening. And we'll catch you on the next one. Yep. Thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you at the next episode. See ya.